Good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I am Ken Walls and I'm your host. And um, wow, I've got an exciting week planned for the show. Today, I have a very special guest. I, I got to tell you, like, I'm excited personally to hear this guy's story. We're new friends, but, you know, as we've talked, we've discovered that we are connected to a lot of people. It's insane. <laughs> So I want to welcome my new buddy who I was just in his backyard for a week and we didn't even connect in real life, but um, we're going too soon. But I want to welcome my new friend, Brett Grossman, to the show. Brett, welcome to the show. Ken, appreciate you having me on here on a Monday morning. And uh, this is true. We were about 30 minutes away from each other for eight days. We didn't even connect for coffee. That's crazy. That's crazy, man. I know. Yeah, I, I was over there hanging out with Frank Crenitti, and I think you need to meet Frank Crenitti here soon. Um, but, you know, I, I, I t I'll tell you, like, I created this show. It's been just a little over a year ago. Um, I've interviewed some unbelievable people. I mean, like, just amazing entrepreneurs, some celebrities, and, um, and, and, it, 175, I think, something crazy like that, right? And and I, I I love hearing, I love hearing people's stories. Like everybody wants to put up this front that everything's perfect. It's always been perfect. It's always gonna be perfect, <laughs> right? And 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 the real, I think the real motivation for people comes when they hear about somebody getting knocked down, drugged through the mud. And, and somehow they got back up and rose like the Phoenix from the ashes. And, and so that's, that's what this show's about. And, and I'm excited to hear your story. Let's start off by you telling everybody, you know, a little bit about who you are, where you were born and raised and what being a kid was like for, for Brett. Sure. Well, uh, right now I currently reside in a small town outside of Philadelphia called Phoenixville, Pennsylvania with my wife, Jennifer, my two beautiful children, uh, Grant, who's seven and Aubrey, who's 11. And, uh, you know, we just spend, it's the four of us, you know, we've got this tight knit family between us and, uh, we just spend a lot of time together through sports and just loving on each other. And, uh, and just, you know, watching these kids grow, uh, that to me is, uh, something that I just purely enjoy outside of work and, and, and doing business. So is that where you is that where you were born and, and raised in that area? I was I was born and raised uh, right off of uh, in northeast Philadelphia, which is about twenty minutes uh, north of Center City, and uh, grew up right there in the city, right in northeast. Wow! So mm -hmm. what was it like um, for you growing up? Mom and dad at home. I I, I what was it like for you? Yeah, so growing up was uh, probably, if you saw me today and then you saw the way I grew up, two totally different people. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I was adopted after uh, being six months old. I was adopted. My father had left both my sister and I uh, when, we, you know, when I was an infant and she was four years old. Oh. And, uh, and then my mom had, had met who is – you know, my dad now, not by blood, but he's my, my father now. Yeah. And uh, to be to be quite frank with you, I was uh, probably not the the greatest disciplined kid. You know, just always seemed to to find find the, the wrong way sometimes to do things. I was a good good hearted in nature, but just kind of always seemed to branch out to the people who were always kind of going in the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah. I cannot relate to that at all. <laughs> I'm kidding. I can totally relate to that, man. So, so you, um, so, 
So you, you, you got in some trouble as a kid. It took me uh, three middle schools to get to high school. Oh, wow. Yeah, and one that had barbed wire fence wrapped around it. And you have to walk in a single file line from building to building. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's... three buses just to get there. Oh, my gosh, man. You got to be kidding me. So, yeah. So, um, and, and this is just outside of Philadelphia. Yeah, right inside. Yeah, Northeast Philly. Oh, it's inside Philly. Yeah, Northeast Philadelphia. Yeah. Oh. So, yep, right there. I missed that. Okay. Oh, you yeah. said city center. That's not like that's you mean the city center of Philly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So you have uh, Center City, Philadelphia, you know, where all the, the okay. business people, you know, folks and, and are and the Liberty Bell and the Art Museum and all that fun stuff. And then you go about 20 minutes down uh, I-95 going north and you hit Woodhaven Road and there is northeast Philadelphia right gotcha. there. Gotcha. Yep. Wow. So so you um, so you you had kind of a, a rough childhood in a sense that you brought on yourself it sounds like a lot of it well as i look back at a young 43 years old now and i look back uh to those to those years of being 12 years old and and younger and then you know in between 12 and 16 it was entirely brought on by nobody else other than myself you know my mom tried her best uh to make sure that we were safe and we were fed but to, to tell you what, you know, once once we came out of school, the do, the days that I was at school, you know, it, it was go time. It was, yeah. you know, get on a bicycle and let's ride. And, you know, whatever time we get home, we get home and raise a lot of hell in between. In between. <laughs> yeah. So so you. So, OK, so you um, ended up making it to high school. Correct. Yep. And and I'm assuming you went through high school, you graduated. Went through high school, graduated. One of the things that kind of got me back in alignment was sports. So although I I didn't like to take direction and I didn't like to take uh, uh, answer questions from from adults and do that sort of type of thing, I always was a huge fan of baseball, basketball, football. And so when I when I arrived in and I had played little league my whole life, and when I arrived to high school, they just basically said if you maintain a C average here in public high school, you can play athletics. And that's what I did. And wow. eventually, you know, I, I started to mature and, and uh, I, I can't say that it, it turned perfect. Uh, it was everything, anything but that. But what I, what I will share with you is that athletics, I met my first mentor, which was my high school football coach. And uh, he was my first mentor. And that was somebody that just kind of always kept me in line. Wow. That's, that's awesome, man. So yeah. did you end up going to college? I did. I actually worked in a factory. Uh, when I graduated from high school, I worked third shift with a hairnet and goggles and a paper manufacturer. And it was about 4 a.m. one morning. And I was about six or seven months into my job. And I just said, you know what? I either need to find something else to do or I need to go to school. And so I came home that morning. My dad was actually just getting ready to leave for work. And we crossed paths and I said, you know, I think I want to go to college. And he said, great idea. You know, you go ahead, you go enroll. You can continue to stay under our roof if you go ahead and enroll in, in school. He goes, but if you quit that job, you're not staying here. So uh, I, I went and enrolled and uh, at the community college and then eventually transferred over to West Virginia University where I finished out my degree. WVU? Really? Mount Mountaineers. <clears throat> down, down in Morgantown. Yes, sir. That's awesome, man. <clears throat> I, I lived in Charleston for five years, so I, I, I know they're, they're nuts about WVU up there and, and Marshall, but, but more WVU probably. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> but so, so, okay. So you, um, you graduated college and you came out of college and instantly like found success and never looked back. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a degree. I have a degree in theater. Oh, geez. Really? And so I, uh, I, I had met a girl my, my sophomore year in college who was a theater major, and I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. I was just happy to be out of Philadelphia to be for, to, to, right. So I was happy to be. But I just so happened to pick the number one party school in the nation at the time. Right. So I arrive and I had never been past New Jersey. And so I, I, we get there and my dad drops me off and he literally 
helps me bring my stuff into my dormitory, comes back downstairs, shakes my hand, gives me a hug and says, good luck. And gets in the car and drives them off and leaves me in, in, in West Virginia. And I'm thinking, I've never been out of this. Like, I've never been past the Jersey Shore. What am I doing here? Jeez. And like, where do I get a beer? <laughs> well, that, that was pretty, you know, all I had to do was just take the elevator upstairs. That's all you had to do back then. Right. Um, so wow. trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I was thinking about journalism and I met a girl and she was in the acting world. And I said, you know what? I could probably try something like that. And so I did. And it wound up coming naturally to me, just that speaking ability, being in front of large auditoriums of individuals and crowds, memorizing hundreds and hundreds of lines and, and uh, that sort of type of thing. And so it just kind of resonated. It, it fit well with me. Wow. And, and then when I graduated, I packed up my Jeep and I drove out to Hermosa, Manhattan Beach, California, where a friend was staying and uh, just kind of drove out there and packed up my, uh, my Jansport backpack full of cologne. And I was on the boardwalk and I was selling cologne out of my backpack on the boardwalk. Wow. Hey, Frank <laughs> Crenetti, Frank Crenetti just jumped on. You guys are neighbors. Frank, I, I got a, I got a guy from Philly on here, man. So, so, so here you are out in California selling cologne, S selling cologne out of my backpack. So, and, and you got a degree in theater theater and From i'm just WVU. wandering around yep how how does that go with selling cologne i was just trying to figure out how to make some money i got you i love it and, and i needed money and so you know i drove all the way out there i took whatever i had and uh sold my tv and sold whatever took took a, a backpack with me and wow a bunch of clothes and and just kind of drove out there and yeah uh, spent some time out there for a while and then the, 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 the girl I had been seeing, she flew out there and she had just gotten accepted to NYU uh, for her master's degree. So then we got in the car and we literally drove from California to New York City. Oh, my God. And there I, I just kind of got a couple acting gigs and I was bartending and waitering. The typical, stereotypical, you know, trying to make it through the cattle calls of acting and then also, you know, waitering at night. That's insane. That's insane. So, so <laughs> that's funny, man. So you, um, so here you are now, how old are you at this point? Like 20? Yeah. Two, uh, about three, 24 years old. Four. Okay. And you're yeah. in New York now. And now I'm living in Manhattan. Yep. Washington square park. Dude. Okay. So what happened from there? Uh, so from there, I, I had my first experience in resiliency. And so I originally started the story out telling you that I had been adopted. Yeah. Well, here I am at 24 years old, just trying to still figure out why do I say the things I do? Why do I act the way I do? Why do I think the way I do? And I had such a, a deep feeling in my heart that I needed to find out, I needed validation to find out out was the the man who brought me into this world with my mother is this why i am who i am is this why i act the way i act is this why i have the relationships that i formed and so through some investigative work i found out where he lived and i uh, i literally jumped on a greyhound bus out of uh, penn station the next day and i took a greyhound to clearwater florida i met a friend she gave me her car, and then I showed up on my biological father's front doorstep about 48 hours later. <laughs> and did he know you were coming? He did not. Now, one of my best friends at the time was a deputy sheriff, and he had given me a sheriff shirt, and I had a black shirt on that said sheriff in the back. And uh, I'm literally standing like this in the guy's driveway leaning up against his car because his neighbor – I, I come out and I said, hey, you know, is this Richie Spector? He goes, yeah. He goes, you just missed him. He went for a walk. And I'm thinking to myself, I waited 24 years. I could wait another 15 minutes. Wow. Dude. Yeah. So, how, oh my God. Okay. So what was that like? That was interesting. So he comes walking up and I see this man walking towards me. And at this point, you know, all these emotions had been built up and all these thoughts had been built up about 
what is this interaction going to look like? Yeah. How are, how's it going to go down? Right. And, uh, you know, he walked up and said, you know, can I help you? And I asked him face to face standing in his, this man's driveway, eye to eye. I said, do you know who I am? And he, he didn't have any idea. And, uh, you know, I asked him, I must've asked him five or six times, but then I started kind of pacing back and forth and I've got this sheriff shirt on and, <laughs> and he's, he's looking at me like, Oh my God, what's about to happen here? <laughs> I can see it. And, uh, oh and my God, dude, I'll, I'll save the details. I'll fast forward, go about eight hours later, still standing in his driveway, having a conversation. Um, uh, and we eventually became friends and we had spoken a few times. He came and uh, met my daughter when she was first born. Wow. Uh, I come to find out he actually raised a family not too far from where I grew up. He wound up raising a family and, uh, wow. And he just passed away about a year, about a year and a half ago. So the moral of that story is if, if you have, uh, a desire to fulfill yeah. a thought in your mind, that's something that might be keeping you back, go do it and don't wait. Uh, because if I would have waited and then this man passes away and I never met him, that's a lot of unanswered questions. That dude, that is, um, that's absolutely amazing. That's amazing. So you, you went and, um, found <laughs> in 48 hours, you went from a thought of, I've got to find my biological father to standing in his driveway and, 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 and confronted him. Like, yes. Wow. Yep. There had, to which, again, which again turned into you know, like a uh, developed into somewhat of a friendship where we would text here and there and, uh, wow. you know, fast forward, you know, up until last year, I actually, my mom had never spoken to him in 42 years and he was on his, he was on his deathbed and I did a three-way call and I told my mom, he wants to, he wants to say goodbye. And oh. my mom and him got on the telephone and I sat back on mute and I listened to the conversation. Ken, they sounded like school kids. It was interesting to hear the dynamic wow. of the conversation. I put that call together. They hung up, and you know, about a you know a few days later, you know, he he had passed on. And uh, I'm actually friends with the the daughter that he raised. I connected with her through social media. She and I are friends on social media. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So how, how are you telling this story without tears? Like that's impressive, dude. Like you're, I'm sitting here ready to tear up a little bit and you're just, I mean, that's unbelievable. It was one of the first experiences for me to find out about yourself, right? I always yeah. knew like you have to find out about yourself and there's, there's only so many books you can read and people that you can speak to. Yeah. And so it was something that needed to be done. I'm the type of person that when I think of something that needs to be done, yeah. I go get it and right. I go do it. And, and that was one of the first things, the lesson from that taught me how to overcome the different roadblocks that I'm about to experience throughout my twenties and my thirties Things are going to get thrown my way. If I can do that and successfully feel good about what I did, there's nothing that's going to be thrown my way that I can't overcome that storm. Wow, man. Well, and that's pretty insightful because at 20 something years old, I didn't, I didn't think, I thought it was going to be smooth sailing. Like by the time I'm 30, I'm going to be a gazillionaire retired living on a yacht with a private jet at my beck and call and you know and i'm 50. <laughs> i don't have a yacht or a private jet. <laughs> so so you know i think that you know that's very insightful for you to to have that the thought that you know you, you're preparing yourself for future for the future right because <laughs> so many people go through life thinking like, hey, life's going to be easy, man, and, and I'm never going to have problems. And that's where they get all messed up is when when they f hit that that problem. They're like, now what? Right. So three months later, 2001, September 11, 2001, I live seven blocks from the World Trade Centers. Oh, my gosh. 
And I had walked, right? I had gone to work that day and the first plane hits. We're watching it on television. I call my dad and I go, you see what's going on here? Second plane hits. And now we're all evacuating the building. I'm walking down Avenue the Americas, literally in the street, watching all the fire, watching it all go down. And as I'm walking closer and closer towards my, uh, my apartment, I'm literally watching the first tower fall. And then I watched the second tower fall. And I watched the panic in people's eyes. Men throwing their cell phones down on the sidewalk because there was no signal. The panic, the crying, the destruction, the fire engines, the police cars, the chaos. And in chaos, I was so calm and I was so collected that I had found that girl that I was seeing. I found her out at 52nd Street in the middle of the street amongst thousands of people. I found her, took her, and and walked because her mother was in a plane in the air. And she thought for sure something was going on. So what's interesting is that one situation had prepared me for this overwhelming sense of calmness in times of craziness. Wow. Dude, I have never spoken with anyone that was there. Like, yeah. you're the first person. That's 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 incredible. Wow. So, what do you say to the conspiracy theorists about? Uh, never mind. We won't even go there. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Probably talk. probably a different different interview for a different day. <laughs> we, we yeah we could go yeah we won't even go there. But <clears throat> so wow, dude, you were right there. So you were the the all the 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 I don't even know what that was dust that the all the 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 soot everything that came flying down those streets you were in it I was in it I was in the middle of it I uh Gosh. I had gotten home and uh w- the first thing we did is uh we went and we got all these supplies and we brought them down to the first responders down there and we brought all supplies we brought tons of socks and flannels and wow. uh, things of that nature because you know the guys were it was bad. It, it was, uh, you know, the smell. I, I lived on the 12th floor, uh, catty corner to Broadway. Mm. And, um, you know, for the next few days, not many people know this story. For the next few days, New York City was shut down, right? Completely yeah. shut down. Right, right. The only, thing, the only thing that was open, Ken, was the movies. And the movies were free and they gave out free popcorn and free soda. And everything else, every department, everything was closed. There wasn't a cab on the road. There was nothing. I could take a pin and it would drop from the 12th floor onto Broadway and you could hear it. That's how quiet the city was for days. Wow. Yeah. But you couldn't get out of the city either because the tunnels were shut down. You couldn't get in and you couldn't get out. Yeah. Again, probably another story for a different day. Um, it's not something that I, I don't talk a lot about a a lot, but again, one situation had prepared me for another situation. Sure. How to think, how to think on your feet, how to be prepared in, in specific situations. Wow, man. That's incredible. Richard Trevino just joined us, by the way, you know, that guy, Hey, buddy, (laughs) I do. I love that. Yeah. So, so wow, man, you have, um, Gosh, you've been you've been through it. Like that's that's um, that's intense. Not not many. Uh, well, there's not a whole lot of people on this planet that that can say they were there. Like in comparison to seven and a half billion people. So um, wow, man, that's intense. So what 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 happened after that? Where did you go from there? I mean, my gosh, I, I remember. I mean. I remember exactly where I was. I was nowhere near New York City, but like, where did you go from there? So I wanted to stay, she wanted to leave. Long story short, we make our way back to Philadelphia and I got a job working in higher education. It was my first corporate type job. I'd always had these odd end jobs, like selling cologne out of my backpack, (laughs) being a waiter and a bartender, and got my first job eventually. Uh, you know, we, we, we part ways 
and I uh, took a job coaching high school football. I was working at this uh, higher education school, and then I just eventually throughout my late 20s, early 30s, just worked my way up that corporate ladder, and I always had this bug, this thing about me that just said, you know what, I just want to achieve more, I want to have more, I want to help more. How do I do it? What's that vehicle look like? How do I become, how do I flex this entrepreneurial spirit that I have, but yet I'm working in this office and I'm coaching these great kids in the city. How does it happen? What do I, what do I do? Like, where, where do you make it work? And, um, and I answered a, a Craigslist ad. And the, yeah, I answered a Craigslist ad that talked about entrepreneurship and um, making money when people use the telephone. It was for a technology company. I had no idea what multi-level marketing or network marketing was. Right. Not, not a clue. And so I answered this, I answered an ad, the, the woman lived in Virginia and she told me, when people use this telephone, you're going to see them face to face and we're going to pay you for it. And I asked her, do you take credit card over the telephone? <laughs> and she said, yes. So I signed up. Oh my gosh. I think I know who you're talking about. Wait. So, right. <laughs> Are you still doing it? No, no, no. But this is what introduced me to entrepreneurship. Oh. Just through a, through a Craigslist ad. <laughs> and in, in a network marketing company. In a network marketing company. Wow. And so I, I go and I, you know, I show up and, uh, they take me to a meeting out in Philadelphia Yeah. and at that meeting I experienced for the first time ever reverse racism where I was in a room and I was the only one that was of my color. Mm. And when I came up to the front of the room to introduce myself to the speaker in front of the room to let him know how ambitious I was and how I wanted to make this work, I literally was given the Heisman and I was told to just kind of stay stay you know on my side and stay out of the way and and I just I I couldn't imagine why I didn't understand why it was happening and so I I took a step back and I didn't pursue that particular endeavor. Yeah. But then I met a gentleman who was driving a nice car, he was living in a nice house, and I had remembered him from grade school. And I called him up on the phone and I said, hey, I don't know if you remember me, we played sports against each other, I'd like to meet you. I wanna know what you're doing. And he came and he sat down with me, right around the corner probably from where you were over the last eight days in this place called Broomall, PA. I had, uh, I had worked my way up and I was the director of a school called CHI Institute, um, it's now called Kaplan Higher Education Corporation. Okay, I've heard of I've heard of that. Yep. And so we got connected, and he had showed me a business plan, and I said, you know what? I'm already in that kind of a business plan. <laughs> I already know about this. And I said, how much is it? And he told me, and I go, oh, I already paid that. You take credit card? <laughs> he said yes. And I signed up again into a different different deal, but this time. I was introduced to a mentor. Yeah. And these two brothers, these mentors, they taught me for three years how to be a servant leader, mm. how to work in transparency. Yeah. How to build a network. Yeah. They, they taught me about the highs and lows. They taught me about the roller coaster ride of an entrepreneur. And that is what kind of catapulted me, which led me into financial services, insurance brokerage firm. And, um, and then eventually I built my, my own brokerage firm and started my own business, which then led me to uh, building a multi-million dollar agency and a firm uh, over a few years. And then I made a decision with a, a man I had met in business. And I woke up one day and that man had taken my entire business all of my insurance income, and then tried to run my reputation through the mud. Oh, no. Just like that. Wow. Man, so, there are, there are some, some, there are some people out there like that, man. They're, 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 it's crazy. Yeah. And so, you know, we woke up one day and everything was gone. 
Oh. All, of, all of our income, you know, and I'm, you know, husband, two kids, wife, right, the whole deal. And, and again, you know, something, except this time was a little bit different, Ken. I got to tell you, this time, you know, the stress levels were so high. We, I took my family to the beach and they all went to the beach and I sat in this room uh, at the house we were staying and I couldn't move my neck. I couldn't move my head from side to side because I had built up so much stress based on that situation. Yeah. And it was the first time in my life where I started to question all the things that I had learned up until this point. Yeah. And then I met a gentleman who became a mentor. I actually just interviewed him last week on my show and I interviewed him. His name is Adam Markell and I met Adam and Adam started to teach me some principles about life, about love and about joy and just some, some things that I think that a lot of people take for granted yeah. is our ability to love and our ability to care about other people, like truly care about others. It's one thing to invest in others and work with others. Yeah. It's another thing to have a real genuine caring for another individual. And so um, after mentoring with him and working with him, uh, I then came back into the insurance business and within 10 months I went from zero to 2.4 million in production income. And, uh, and so the, the rest, the rest is history. The rest is up to date. Now I've kind of brought you a little bit up to date, dude, hold it. So you went from, from losing everything, basically everything. I went from a multiple six figure income to zero in 24 hours. Did you, I mean, did you like lose your house and all that or no, because you know, I, I had understood how to do that that other thing, that other network marketing thing. Oh. So I kind of I kind of supplemented for a few months as I was gonna figure out what my next move was. You know, one of the great things of being in business for yourself is weathering these storms. But what these storms teach you is that success will always be on the other side of these major failures. These major hardships is what's going to chisel you and prepare you for the success on the other side. Dude, and I you, totally agree with you. I, I, I dude, I listen, I, I gotta say, I said to my wife, this it was like, a, I don't know, a year and a half ago, we went through this storm that I thought, there's no way, there's no way I could not see, you know what I'm talking about. I didn't, I didn't get the not able to move my neck thing, but I, I got the, the, that fear, man, that, that overwhelming fear of, oh God, everybody's going to judge me and I'm going to, we're all going to starve to death and, and all of that. Right. And I told my wife, I finally, I had this cause I meditate every day and, and, and I, I, I said to her one day, I said, you know what? I think this means something unbelievably good is coming. I really do. And, and she, you know, I mean, we, you go back and forth and she's a very, very strong woman, but it's tested her faith too. Right. It's For like, sure. Whoa, dude, that's crazy. That what a great point you just made. I think you hit the nail on the head. There's a couple of key principles that we have to live by in order to, you know, be able to stretch ourselves. And one of those is having faith not just in faith in yourself, but faith in any spiritual being that you believe in, right? Because yeah. it's mind, body, spirit. So you got to have that faith. You got to have a high belief level in what it is that you're doing, as well as in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, no one else is ever going to believe in you. Uh, and you right? You have to have a purpose yeah. and you have to be evangelical about your purpose. You have to be evangelical about your, your driven mission. And when you have faith, and belief and you're driven and you've gone through the storms and you've failed hard, this is where success is like success is literally calling your name. But if it was, right, it's not that same old night. If it was easy, everybody would do it. But there's a reason why the accumulation of money, it's not difficult to accumulate money, but it's like trying to court a woman, right? It's like trying to court, you know, your spouse. It, 
there was some convincing that needed to be done. <laughs> some, right? some persuasion needed to happen at some point in time. And you had to create the successful art of persuasion yeah. in order to court your spouse, in order to convince your kids to brush their teeth at night, <laughs> in order to get people to follow you in a volunteer army. Well, that's the attainment of financial freedom is, you know, it, it's, it needs to be courted and you have to have a decisive plan. You have to be part of a mastermind and you have to have the right people around you. And I know I just kind of threw a lot out there, you know, with that, but you know, you brought up the great point. And so, you know, that's, it's like the combination, it's this formula of success. Dude, I, I, I like, you know, everything you just said, I, I a thousand percent agree. And it's like, you know, there's, there's people, I did a live stream about this very topic last night. I said, the, you know, I, I mean, this isn't about me, but you know, I've got 17 years sober and, and, and almost, and, and I, I was talking about this woman I knew when I first, when I first decided to stop drinking or when God decided that I was going to stop drinking, um, I, I, I remember meeting this woman. I was brand new in sobriety and this woman had like 40 years sober, this old lady from West Virginia, like way down in the hollers. And, and, um, I said, how in the world do you stay sober for 40 years? And she says in her raspy old voice, she goes, honey, you just don't drink and you don't die. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> that, that, I equate that to success, right? Like if you're like, uh, dude, I have been overdrawn to the point where I'm like, they're going to shut down all my accounts and we're screwed. And I've been, I've been to the point where I've, I've had, you know, a lot of money and, and it's like, you know, it's, it's literally, it is a roller coaster, man. It sucks sometimes, but it's, it's like, it, it's, it's, you just got to keep pushing, man, because eventually if you keep pushing and you don't die, you're going to get it. You, <laughs> no, am I wrong? Yeah, no, I mean, you're a hundred thousand percent on point. It's, it's keep pushing. And then it's, you have to have an unbreakable work ethic. Amen. I see on social media, and I'm not taking anything away from anybody, and this isn't a dig on anybody, but I know for a fact that sometimes the Game of Thrones is more important than having your face in a book. Yep. And right, and I also know right that there's there's some people who will sleep until eight or nine o'clock in the morning, and then they want to make sure that they go to bed early at night because they want to get 12 hours of sleep. I just I have this firm belief that if you're up at 5 a.m. And you're doing the, the small little things that other people aren't doing, you will naturally begin to, to attract things into your life that not every that not everybody has. And so you have to have this work ethic. You have to go, I like to go 24-7. My little girl, her friends come over on the weekends, the parents come to pick them up. Every time they go, you're always working on Sunday, you're always working on Saturday. You're always on your phone, but yet you're always at the kids' games, right? You gotta learn how to multitask that out, but you yeah. also always have to be on if you wanna achieve high levels of success. You want high levels of success? You have to have high levels of belief, high levels of persuasion. You have to always be on. It doesn't mean that you can't turn it off, but if you put in the effort and the work and the time, you can go take your spouse away for seven days. And when you come back, your business has grown 30%. Your business has grown 50%. So, you know, it, throughout these storms of life, this has just taught me how to develop this work ethic and how to pour into others. And who knows what the future holds? I always give thanks for the things that I have yet to obtain. I give thanks for the abundance that has yet to come into my life that I know is about to happen. And I give thanks for the individuals that will be in my life that I have yet to meet. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I, um, I wrote a book a couple of years ago and it, because of Richard's help, actually it hit number one on Amazon. 
and and okay. you know which is a blessing dude i'm I, I didn't go to college i didn't even finish high school like they they told me in 12th grade and i was all set to go to college i took trigonometry analytic geometry calculus algebra i was acing all of that right but like i didn't get a biology credit and they said hey you didn't get that biology credit in 10th grade you're gonna have to come back next year and i'm like no, I'm not coming back. No, I am not coming back next year. Peace. And, yeah. and so I've, I went out and I figured it out, but I, re, I, I learned very, very, very early that, you know, number one, there is absolutely no way you're ever going to succeed in life if you don't educate yourself and college is, is amazing. Right. But I've hired a lot I've had a lot of college graduates work for me and, 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 and I'm uh, nothing against college education at all, but I have, I've, I've, I've had some, some people is like, how did you even get, get through the first semester of college, let alone a diploma? Are you kidding me? Like, you yeah. know what I'm talking about, right? Sure. And it's like, did you ever pick up a book after college? Did you ever read anything ever? after college. And there's a lot of people that really haven't, they got their diploma and they thought that, okay, I'm good. And, and I think from what I'm hearing you say, um, because I wrote about this in my book, like, look, like there's there, like the, all wisdom is plagiarized. We get it from somewhere else. All of yes. us do. Right. So like, where, what are some of the books that you've read that you feel like, man, if I wouldn't have read that book, it, it, it wouldn't have happened. Think and Grow Rich. Boom. I knew you were going to say that. I knew it, knew it, knew it. Now, here's the thing about the Think and Grow Rich book is that it's not the type of book that you read once. No way. It's something that I have to keep. I, I say I have to. And the reason I have to is because if I don't, I'm going to sideline myself. And I'm going to get sidetracked. It's a way for me to reel myself back in so that I can remember what is my definite purpose. Amen. And so it, it's, it's my all-time favorite. It's my all-time favorite. A book that I needed to read so that I could become better, and I, I'm, I'm very old school, was How to Win Friends and Influence People. Dale Carnegie. Why? Dale Carnegie. Because I... I needed to figure out, I wanted to figure out how do I attract the right things into my life and then eliminate the wrong things out of my life. You know, when I was going through, when I was going through that whole thing in New York City and I jumped on the Greyhound and I went to find, yeah. you know, biological dad and do all that stuff. What people, and I've never told this story before. All right. I love it, man. We're getting the goods out. Let's go. I want to hear it. So it was about four o'clock in the morning and it was after the, the, the towers had gone down and, and that whole thing and, and nobody could sleep. Nobody could sleep. Uh -uh. And I was flipping through the channels. It's four o'clock in the morning and I'm sitting on this futon. Meanwhile, my futon was in my kitchen. My kitchen was in my living room. My living room was in my dining room. My dining room was in my hall closet and, my, and, and the bathroom. You couldn't put more than one person in the bathroom. I lived in 500 square feet and it cost $2,000 a month. Wow. But that's, New New York. York. Yeah. that's New York. That's New And so, you know, the windows open and flipping through. And I, I find this, this gentleman and his name was Joel Osteen. And I find Joel on television mm. and I, I start listening to his message. And I had never been to synagogue. I'd never gone to church. I just wasn't very spiritual. But there were some things, there were some principles, there were some words that he had spoken that night that I just took a step back and I said, I kind of feel like this message is for me right now. In no way, shape or form was it was, I, I say to myself, I need to become born again, or I need to do this, or I need, it was just, this just makes sense. Like when someone says something, you're like, you have to acknowledge when something makes sense, regardless of whatever your religious affiliation is. Sure. And so I went ahead and I, I waited till the next Sunday and I set my alarm for 3.50 a.m. so that I could be up again and watch at 4 a.m. What? So I, did, I did this every Sunday. I set my alarm until one day I'm going through the guide and I realized that he's on at 7 p.m. I was watching the reruns. 
Oh my gosh, that is awesome. But what I did was, is I went and got his book. And that book was the first book that I had ever read other than the college literature that they made me read. Your Best Life Now? Yes. I'm looking at it. It's on my bookshelf. What that, yes. And so voluntarily went and bought the book. In college, <laughs> they said, you have to buy the book, right? <laughs> Here, I buy the book, I read the book. And since then, everything has started to change in my life. Everything changed. And it, it was just started to reprogram my mind. Look, we've been told since very early on, no, and go to school and get a good job and do the things that the other 95% of the world does. And that's what I had heard. I was told as a young kid, I'd be nothing more than a garbage man. Guess what? There's nothing wrong <laughs> with being in sanitation, you know, they got great benefits and it's a, and it's a stable profession, but this is what I was, what was told to me. It was told to me, you're never going to amount to anything because of your behavior, because of your thought patterns, mm. because of just, you know, the way you're living your life, yep. you'll be lucky if you make it to age 30. I, I, wow, dude. And so it, it's just something that spiraled. And so I credit who I am today based on the books I've read, the investment I've made in myself, the, the, you know, the education on wheels that I have in my truck, you know, the, the, the YouTube, the stuff that I listen to, and these types of conversations and aligning myself with people who are going to lift me up and then I pushed the people that were pulling me down out of my life. I keep them at afar and sometimes it's even the people with our same last name are the ones who can pour some of that stuff back into us that can pull us back into who we used to be. So I just kind of, I just keep a lot of that, you know, at, I love people from afar. I'll just say that I love them from afar. I still love, just love them from afar. Dude, I, I like, uh, oh my gosh, I talk about the same stuff all the time, man. I, I'm, you know, like, and and here's the thing. I think that that the, the people you're talking about, family members or wh whomever it could be, um, like they don't do it on purpose. There's no mal, mal intent. There's no, it's just, it's this programming that we all experience. And I truly believe that, you know, the subtitle of my book is turning pain into profit. It's, it's, you know, it's the pain that makes you go deeper, man. It makes you look deeper inside of you. It's that, 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 one day waking up and having zero income and, and overdrawn or whatever it is. And you go, wow, man, I, I, I you got to dig deep. You have that's to dig it. deep. And, and that's dude, this is, this might be, this is one of the most inspirational conversations I've had on this show. So, so you are, um, so now you're back, back in the black, <laughs> As ACDC would say. Yeah. So I heard you say synagogue. Or, or, were you raised Jewish or like? So, uh, yeah, so I was. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, my mother, she wanted me to. This is going to sum it up in a nutshell here. Ready, ready? You're, <laughs> you're going to love this. This is going to sum it up for in a nutshell. So my mom was all about, you got to have a bar mitzvah. You got to have a bar mitzvah. You got to have a bar mitzvah, right? She's talking to the kid who didn't even like to show up to regular school. Now you're going to make me go to a Hebrew school. Are you out of your mind? Right? So I refused. Like I was like, I'm not going, you can't make me go. I'm not going. So they hired a tutor who would come to my house and I learned, I don't know, whatever it was, I may exaggerate this number, but it was well over 50 paragraphs that I had to learn in 10 months in order to get up in front of right a room full of people in a synagogue and do that, you know, in, in, in Yiddish in Yiddish and read the Torah and do the whole thing. Now, now here's what I'll share with you. Even back then at 12 years old, it occurred to me that I could memorize all this stuff, even though I didn't, my goal was the party afterwards, <laughs> right? That is so I had the opportunity to showcase and I, I could be up in front of all my friends and I could, right, be this 
cool kid. But then we get to have a party afterwards. So, right. So, so such is life. Right. If you want to have, if you want to have a party in life, you have to go through the stuff in order to obtain it. Yes. Amen. Amen, dude. Wow. So, so my, the extent of my Yiddish is, uh, oy vey and yada, yada, yada. That's about it. In <laughs> fact, Frank, Frank Crenitti says, um, says to me the other day, I said, yada, yada, yada. He said, is that even a real word? I said, I, I, dude, I think, I think it's I Yiddish. I think you got it from Seinfeld. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So, so man, dude, that what an incredible. So then Joel Osteen rocked your world and, and I mean, Hey, he's a Christian minister, right? So he is. So, uh, wow. so yeah. So in my twenties, in my twenties, I, right. So I come, I live back in Philadelphia. I'm yeah. living in Bucks County and I was down at the Jersey shore and that's where I met my wife. Yeah. And then we got together and eventually we, you know, begin, you know, to start to develop a family. And where we lived at that time, we lived across the street from a place called the Christian Life Center. Now, for six or seven months, I'm driving back and forth, pulling into my development, looking at this place. And at the time, my life was still spiraling. Now, I had already gone and done some stuff. I'd lived through the, the 9 11 you know, the 9-11, but my life was still always a spiral. I still was attracting the wrong type of people, the wrong negativity, the wrong jobs. Mm. I couldn't keep a job to save my life. I've been fired from more jobs than, <laughs> I, than, than I've got fingers on a hand. <laughs> and I told you though, but when I was younger, I didn't like taking direction. I didn't like yeah. being told what to do. I always kind of felt like I, I had to give more. And so imagine, right? So I'm at a job, I'm in my 20s, somebody's telling me what to do. I'm like, no, no, it needs to be done this way, not the way you're, <laughs> anyhow. Yeah, that doesn't um, go over well, I, I can relate. So I say to my wife, I go, why don't we go check out what's going on in that building over there? Wow. And we walk in on a Sunday morning and I'm, you know, we're in our mid 20s, both of us were the same age and she was raised Catholic. And the message of the gentleman in front of the room resonated with me the similar way that Joel's message resonated with me. And it wasn't so much about the, the talk of Jesus. It was the principles of the Bible Yes, that struck a chord with me that made me go, huh, if I just change, right? Just the simple, if I just change this thought Instead of thinking like that, but I think like this, maybe something in my life will get better. And maybe if I start having different conversations with people and invest more in, in people, as opposed to being so self-absorbed, maybe that'll happen over there. Wow. And it was over time. This doesn't happen overnight. This isn't like you just get water thrown on you one day and, and all of us, you're just this changed person. Right. It's a process. The process of change happens over years. And guess what? Today, as you and I still speak, it's a it's a process in change. It's like the art of persuasion. Like it's a skill that you're going to have to always continue to get better at forever. Ah, uh, dude, I, I, I got to tell you, like, like this. <laughs> My mind is blown, dude. So here's this Jewish guy walking into a Christian church. Sounds like the beginning of a joke, right? So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but like that's amazing. And in fact, I know I don't know if they're still on here, but I saw the pastors of our church were on here earlier, and yeah. and we just found this church recently. And and it's funny that 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 you're right, man. I mean, I I used to be in the children's ministry a long time ago, so very familiar with the word, but you know, you start living life your way sometimes and, and you can't figure out why it's not going exactly the way you think it should be. Right. But God is still in the miracle business and, and, and always has been and always will be. And I love that, man. I love that. That's awesome. What an incredible story you have. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. And, and then and, we're and both I friends with Richard, who's a crazy preacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just found that out about him too. I, oh. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. Wow. We got connected through the insurance business, and uh, wow. And uh, he became a guest on 
on a show that I do for my for my agents, and I actually streamlined it in the Facebook for everybody to take a look at. I said, why, why don't I stop being selfish and just give it to the, to the agents in my group? I've got about 400 members in my private group. Why don't I give it out to the 3,000 individuals that I'm connected with on social media? Wow. Let them find, you know get the information. And if I can impact one you know person. one person's life on a random Wednesday every few weeks, then so be it. Job well done. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So let me ask you this. I ask, and we're at the, I can't believe we're at the end of the hour, man. That's crazy. So a um, couple quick questions I want to ask. I always ask this. Um, number one, in your opinion, what do you think the number one thing is that holds people back from success and, and, and real happiness and joy? in life it's their patterns it's their patterns from childhood that have just kind of stuck with them throughout their life and you know we have six inches between our left and right ear and from the moment we wake up in the morning we can say I love my life I'm grateful for the air in my lungs and for my feet hitting the floor or you can turn your cell phone on and get right on social media and see what everyone's doing. And all of a sudden you're back to the same way you were 12 hours prior. Oh, I'm worried about this. I've got this to do. My bank account's this negative and I've got this happening and my children here and, and I've got this problem over the hair and I've got this lawsuit over the, and, and all that stuff, all that stuff weighs so heavy on your shoulders that if you don't take time like you and meditate in the morning yeah. and begin to reinvest in yourself, that's never going to change. Amen, man. I, I, I love that. You're, you're right. And you're, you, you know, the very first thing that you said, um, which is, is, is so true is first thing in the morning, learn how to not learn how, I mean, you learn by doing. So start doing every single morning. Express gratitude for your life instantly when you wake up. If you start your day off like that, man, it. I mean, yeah, things still go wrong, but like you're coming at those problems from a place of gratitude, right? Yes. Yes. That's daily, amazing. Daily rituals, daily rituals, daily habits. Yeah. Uh, it can start with something small. And then eventually add something new a month later, then maybe add something new another month later. And now you have two or three daily rituals or habits that you're starting your day off with. Mine has been stretching and working out five, six AM in the morning every single day since I'm young, just to kind of, you know, get it out of the way and start the day off right. Feel good about yourself. I love it, man. Love that. So if um, and the last question is this. <clears throat> I ask everyone this question. You know, I, and the reason I ask it is because I've been through it. I, I had a I had a car repossessed one time in front of all my employees. <laughs> Want to talk about a bad day? Oh, geez. This guy walks in. Hey, boss, there's some dude looking in the windows of your SUV. And I'm like, well, tell him to get the hell out of here. What are you doing? He's like, no, he's got it blocked with a tow truck. I'm like, yeah. well, definitely tell him to get out of here then. But yeah. so, so, you know. Somebody calls you up and they say, Brett, I can't figure it out, man. Um, my electric's being shut off tomorrow. I'm being evicted. I'm, my house is being foreclosed on. I'm losing everything. I don't know what to do. I've tried everything and it just isn't working for me. What do I do? And what are you going to say to that person to help them get, get through that moment right there in their head? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you want to do in order to change? Well, I want to not have my electric shut off. I understand that. But what are you going to do in order to not have that happen? What, what, what have you started to do? What, what do you want to do? Well, you know, I, I go to work every day and I work really hard and you know, it's just, it's just so tight. Okay. Have you not tried, but have you given the effort to figure out another way to generate an income? I did and I went ahead and I joined this thing and it didn't work 
and nobody wanted to sign up and everybody, you know, told me it's a pyramid, right? And, and all this stuff. Okay. So you let the opinions of others dictate your life, your income. Is that on you or is that on them? And sometimes you have to have these difficult conversations. See, everyone wants to have the opinion of a friend until the friend gives you their opinion. And it, Right. And then all of it. Right. And then all of a sudden you have you have two options. You can accept that opinion as love and take it for what it is and then apply it. Or you're going to get mad at the person. Yeah. And you're going to go, oh, what do you know? And you, you don't know what you're talking about. And so, you know, accepting that that tough love, that that criticism. Um, yeah. It's an ego thing. Look, we can have a whole another conversation on ego and, and, and that sort of type of thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I know you're running out of time. I'm grateful and, and I appreciate you, you having me on today and being able to, to talk to your folks who, who follow you and uh, hopefully, you know, maybe one time we could do this again. This is great. Dude, you're, you're incredible. Your story is absolutely phenomenal. It's so inspiring. Like I, I, I'm, I'm unbelievably grateful that, that you took the time. I know you're a busy guy like back in back into the millions in your in your business which is awesome man because because you've been to the bottom that's it's incredible that's it and again you know with, there is no there is no testimony without the test so oh i love it dude love it yeah. I, i'm i'm tweeting that out later i'll tag you yeah. <laughs> so that's awesome so listen thank you very much i want to say thank you to everybody who watched this Everyone who shared this out, there's a special, probably extra couple of gold nuggets for you somewhere. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, and listen, Brett, don't hang up. Don't okay. hang up yet on Skype, but um, thank you to everybody for being on here. And Brett, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, Ken. I appreciate you. Likewise. Likewise. Thank you. You guys have a great day.